Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special Prog Report podcast episode. Uh, we've referred to these before as our emergency podcasts, um, usually when there's not great news. Um, and, and this is one of those episodes we wanted to uh, come on and just uh, talk a little bit about the very sad, unfortunate news of uh, the passing of David Longden, singer of Big Big Train, uh, which uh, news came out about that Saturday morning. I uh, believe uh, he passed away on Friday. Uh, the only news was that it was due to some accident. Um, we don't really know more than that at this time. Um, but joining me uh, to sort of tribute David a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, the terrible news, but also, you know, shine a light on his great work and his great music and uh, and the, the brilliant artist that he was, uh, is Jeff Bailey. Hello, everybody. Uh, Prog Nick is joining us. Again. Hi, everyone. And uh, we have a, a special guest, Brad Berzer, who uh, is a uh, very noted uh, Big Big Train fan. And I, I met Brad on a, a, just over the course of uh, doing some stuff online in recent years. And we were invited to do a separate podcast for uh, a guy named Tom Woods, who uh, had us on to do a special prog episode uh, on this political podcast that he does. Uh, and um, and uh, Brad's a great guy. And he, he started a, a Big Big Train fan site that became a prog site called Progarchy many years ago and now does his own site called Spirit of Cecilia. So uh, welcome back. Uh, well, welcome to the, for the first time to the podcast. Yeah, actually, thanks, Brad, Roy. I'm very glad to be here, despite and, the circumstances. Uh, yeah, and, and Brad actually wrote uh, a review for us recently for the Common Ground album uh, on the website, which is which is there as well. So, um, you know, Brad, why don't we start with you and... Uh, just talk about when you heard the news and, and your reaction. Yeah, you know, it was strange for me. And, and thanks so much for having me on, Roy, especially to talk about David Longden, someone that I, I admire immensely. I, I was actually just sitting down to lunch and I brought my iPad to the table, which I never really do. That's just something kind of verboten in my house. And uh, I, I started looking at the news and I saw that the, right on Twitter, the notice from LouderSound.com, right, from Prague. And uh, it was just within seconds, I actually had a phone call from Tom Woods, the guy that you and I both talked to a few years ago. And uh, Tom wanted to make sure that I knew the news. And I mean, it was uh, horrifying. I, I mean, it's just a, it's, a, it's a tragedy for third wave Prague. It's a tragedy for Big Big Train. It's a tragedy for all of us who love this music. And I mean, David was a beloved figure in every way. And I think some of the tributes that have come out really demonstrate what a powerful figure he was. I doubt if he knew actually how powerful of a figure he was. And uh, I, I mean, I can imagine any of us after we die being lauded like this, it's probably a good thing we don't know how well we're gonna be lauded. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just, it's been great to see people come together and really celebrate David's life. Yeah, yeah, that's well put. Um, Jeff, how about you? Yeah, well, uh, I think actually you maybe um, told me the news, Roy, and, and again, like probably some of these things, you, you end up with an element of, is that a joke or is it real or is it yeah. what? I'm not really knowing. And then, uh, not that I don't trust you, but but going and very quickly seeing that my social media feeds were were overrun um, with, with the terrible news. And I, I mean, I think probably for those of us who have followed Big Big Train over the years, um, just seeing, you know, the gradual ascendancy 
you know the last album or the next album's bigger than the last one and going and the momentum building behind the live shows and just everything kind of um you know rolling like a train um and then suddenly to hit something like this as a fan of the band you know it's it's terrible news but of course all of that is you know um i suppose secondary in comparison to the loss that um sarah and all of the all of the friends of the folk of the um the band members and, and david's friends and family and his daughters um you know it, it's it's clearly a tragedy but i think that i think that big big train have sort of fostered um that connection with a fan base that actually the fans feel like they're part of the story and i don't mean that in terms of creatively or whatever but but they have an amazing connection with their fan base and their fan base has you know a, a very strong community as well and and obviously you know a loss is is felt in a community that feels connected to a band and and connected to people you know and, and perhaps even in a, in a stronger or more different way than say you know a huge band like rush well you know while it was tragic you know that neil peart passed away you know i think this this kind of feels different in terms of um just how how it's landed with um with people and how um i suppose the sense of uh you know something that was cut short before it should have been both a life and primarily a life my goodness um but also a career and and i suppose music um, as well yeah nick yeah well as david goes to the great dig in the sky firstly let me offer my condolences to his mom to his partner sarah uh, to his children and of course to the band and all my fellow passengers. It's a very sad moment. Um, I found out about David's death just because I happened to open Facebook and Jeff posted a picture of David. And I thought, oh, you know, Jeff's a fan. I thought nothing of it until, of course, all social media was just overrun uh, by the news. Um, I'm very saddened by it. Uh, I, met, I met David in 2015 in August at the King's Place gigs. Um, and I was just struck by him personally because while all I wanted to do was be a fanboy and talk about <laughs> Big Big Train and, and you know, what a fan I was of the band and, and how, how impressive I thought they were, he wanted to make a personal connection with me. He, he'd somehow heard that I was involved in music production, education, and the stuff that I do. And the conversation quickly turned to be about that and his love for teaching. I don't know if you know that he was, he was also a teacher of music production at a, at a college in, in Telford. Um, and I, I, I just felt a kinship with him that day, quite apart from my fandom of the band. So as much as he will be missed as a composer, performer, artist, um, he will be missed as a human being too. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it was a weird mix of uh, 
just emotions and um you know i was flying up this saturday to north carolina i'm in florida i was flying up to north carolina to see genesis on saturday night and um you know my first show in almost in, in a year and a half more than a year and a half and obviously getting to see phil and 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 mike and tony and i'm excited about that and i get off the plane and um immediately i get a text from somebody just with that news and it was just like, oh, it, it was just like being punched in the gut. Um, uh, it, it, you don't know what to do with that information. And I, you know, reached out to Jeff. I told him and, and some of the other guys. And you're just just standing there in the airport, you know, t- texting away. Is this true? Did you hear? Who, who knows what happened? You know, and, um, I, it, it, I immediately was just struck uh, with, with sadness about it. Um, you know, the band is, it's a band that I discovered in the same time that, I mean, I, I, I credit them and a few, uh, albums, uh, that came around in 2013 with the reason for launching this website. Um, you know, 2013, I always look at that. That's when we started, started this website. And, there was just all this great music coming around and band and I had just discovered big, big train. It just, the desire to let more people know this is amazing music that you need to hear, um, was why I started writing (laughs) reviews, you know? And so their, their rise with, with, um, our ability to, to keep doing what we do on the website and, and grow that. And sort of, I saw sort of a parallel there with them. And then I got to know them and work with them, um, uh, doing publicity and, and some stuff with the members. And, um, so I have a very kind of personal connection with, with the band. And, and so really hit me, um, at the same time, I'm still excited to go see the concert that night it was a whole it was very bizarre uh feeling you Mm. know and in a way there was a little bit of irony there too with uh david almost having replaced phil in genesis um for the calling all stations record which i'm sure most people know by now um uh so i always saw big big train as the closest sound sounding band to Genesis in, in this day and age, uh, you know, the use of acoustic guitars and pastoral kind of sounds and David playing the flute, you know, like Peter might've and in, in songs. And he sounded like Peter Gabriel a lot to me. First time I heard the first rebreather. I was like, this is a dead ringer for Peter Gabriel Genesis. Uh, Mm. so, um, yeah, it was just, um, Immensely uh, devastating, uh, uh, you know. I, f- I feel a an, an intense sense of um, almost irony about this because you know Big Big Train almost broke up before they recorded Common Ground. Um, you know that three members departed, but David, Greg, Nick, and Rickard. Uh, kept it together and delivered in, in in my opinion what is what is one of their finest albums in common ground he really was a guy at the top of his game and I, I just have this sense that he was and the band were about to really break big um, 
in an almost commercial sense, uh, as, as Jeff said, there was a gradual pro progressive growth. But I, I just have this feeling that 2022 was going to be their year until this news. So. Well, you have a new album that they announced recently, Welcome to the Planet, which comes out in January. And then, you know, and it was, there was a big push leading up to that and um, going to be more tour dates next year. They were going to come to the U.S. finally, which had been postponed from 2020. In fact, the shirt I'm wearing is the 2020 concert shirt. How'd you get that? The U.S. Yeah. dates, yeah. <laughs> which never happened. Yeah. They, the tour that never happened. They, they, yeah. I think they're for sales. Yeah. yeah, I think you can get these. Well, that's that's how I got it. But um, yeah, I mean, God, I'm so bummed to to not get a chance to see him play live. I mean, you could talk about all the terrible things that you can't even grasp, you know, the loss of a life and how that relates to, to his family and, and all of that. And there's no way to even fathom what that is, but just from a regular kind of music fan standpoint, it's like, man, I'm not going to get a chance to see it see a concert with with him which i was always wanting to, one of the last bands i was on my bucket list that i want to see so um from that perspective it's you know that that's a, that's a shame i had well, I, I had tickets for the 2015 show and was not able to make it because of job commitments so that's uh i've missed them as well well nick nick got to see that one four times didn't he three yeah three sorry yeah. When you go from South Africa, you go big. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, I mean, you know, you can never anticipate anything like this, but I have learned over the years that uh, if you get it, if, you know, I do a lot more traveling for concerts than I ever anticipated I would do. And uh, I've come to really cherish those times when I do that because uh, just like with Genesis this weekend, they're not coming anywhere near where I live. So, it's either make that commitment and, and go up there and see it or miss out and, and not and and probably not get a chance to do it again. And so I always feel like when you have a chance to to see one of these bands, you should you should definitely take it and well, worry about the problems and the cost about <laughs> it later. You know? Well, Nick's Nick's tale is more is more epic than mine. But I I went to see them um, on the Grand Tour tour. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but yeah, and again, it was a for me. It's a, a flight over to um, Edinburgh, and um, it, you know, I, I worked. I was reading back the review that I wrote. I think it was the I think it was their their ninth live show in that you know from that sort of post the early days, which I guess isn't 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 many shows. Um, but it was spectacular and. Uh, I I noted from my review that um, you know just looking back at it today, and I'd said you know about David being an incredible um, frontman, and I, and I think you know for having seen him, and of course most people have seen um, the Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff and YouTube footage, etc. As well, um, uh, you know, but setting aside everything to do with the recorded side um he absolutely commanded the stage and you know i think brought that variety using the sort of the props and the masks and stuff like that and we all know how, how sometimes that stuff can go 
can go horribly wrong <laughs> or mm. or turn the thing into a, a, a comedy uh, and yet it was it was tastefully and expertly done um and i mean i don't you know i i i, I don't sort of see him as someone you know he's he's not a peter gabriel on stage you know he he's not a, an extravagant over the top front man but i think he's exactly what what the band um you know what's fitting for was fitting for the band and uh yeah you know that was that was a phenomenal show and all all the more glad uh, that i that i went to see it well i mean i've had these moments where i was like listening to uh i think it was the empire live album where it was like at the gym you know and you're with headphones and you're listening to that and they end you know any song and it's just like so i just i had this feeling like i want to just want to stand up there in the gym and just applaud something because you know <laughs> it's so they that their music had had the ability for me to really grab me from an emotional level in a way that most of these prog the prog bands don't you know i don't really get that from dream theater i love dream theater just as much but that's a different experience you know than than what a big big train does you know um so uh, it's a really unique band and one that i I mean i think they're kind of the only band of this genre in this era that gets written up in major uk newspapers and magazines and gets credibility you know um Mm -hmm. uh, i had a guy from the new york times this major music critic from new york times email me asking for a copy of, you know, the new record. I mean, that doesn't happen for every prog band, if, if any of them, you know. They have a different level of acceptance and, um, and notoriety. And I think that you're right. In speaking with David and interviewing him uh, a number of times, you never got the impression that he understood that how appreciated and, and uh, uh revered him and the band were i don't think they really i think they just you know thought you were a band you know i'm a singer i'm maybe i'm not that good like i don't think he really really knew they're so earnest i mean, when and, and jeff and nick brought this up as well and roy you too but i mean it's just uh I, i've never seen them live i had that opportunity and i missed it but having watched them on blu-ray you know just to see how active david was and to see greg I think just standing there is the kind of pillar and uh, just being so steady and everything kind of revolving around that. You know, they, I, I don't know of a band, certainly in, in recent memory, I don't know of a band that cultivated its fan base better, but without being Machiavellian about it, they never, never intended to do this in terms of creating community, but they did. They created community within the band. They created community outside of the band. They were just masters at that. And I, I think part of that is this kind of humility on the part of David and, and on the part of Craig, uh, both of them, where I think in many ways, there's an element of genius to both of them, to each of them. And yet they didn't brag about that. And I think part of that was there was a humility and an earnestness that just drew people into what they were doing because, and Jeff, I think you said this earlier, but we very much felt a part of the community. I think it's a different, it's a different experience from, you know, a lot of bands. Um, And I think there are some sort of parallels. I mean, I I think probably, you know, Magenta maybe are are probably the ones who who are closest in terms of that. Um, uh, There we go. Prognick is wearing a Magenta (laughs) t-shirt 
which you can't see. Um, but I, you know, I think that it's it's a really important part, and I I sensed it certainly that gig that I went to. Um, you know, afterwards, all, um, all of the band came out. Um, to the there was a little sort of bar area. All of the band barred David, unfortunately. So I never did get to meet him. I got to meet all of them and bar him, but he was having a bit of a uh, a cold or a flu that night, and he um he he decided that he it wouldn't be good for him to mingle, given that this was I think maybe the first night of of the tour, um and um and someone possibly Sarah very kindly took took my program. Um, and probably troubled this poor guy who was suffering backstage and got it got it signed. So I got the full set. So that was good. Um, but I think, I mean, I think the other thing is that, and again, probably everybody has their own story. But one of the interesting things I discovered in in, in thinking about it and sort of flicking through was that I, I actually had heard him before Big Big Train. Um, so the Martin Orford's album, um, the Old Road. He he sings two tracks in it, and if if my if my research is right, that came out in October, and I'm pretty sure I got that um, as soon as it was released. Um, whereas the first um, big big train recording would have been um, under full yard at the end of 2009. Um, and on that album, if you, if you don't have the old road, go and go and search it out. Um, John Wetton sings a couple of tracks. Sadly, no longer with us as well. Um, and David sings sings um, a few, and it was great. But I mean, he, it was a you know a name I didn't didn't know. And then suddenly, um, when he when he came into Big Big Train, it was like, oh right, I think that's that guy from that album. I think the other thing that I sort of remember at the time, and again, I, I don't know, I don't know whether this parallels with anybody else, but I, I'd got the first Big Big Train album I'd got was the Difference Machine, um, so the one before. And then when the Underfall Yard came out, it was like, all right, there's a new singer. Well, I think he was maybe the third kind of singer in the band. So it was sort of a, all right, I've got another guy now. You know, he'll be around for a couple of albums and then he'll disappear off as well. Um, but it was very obvious from that album that, that David brought something special um, and, and something different and that the, the trajectory had sort of adjusted but like all of these things, very easy to say that in retrospect, um, because again, they were still relatively small. Um, and obviously then at subsequent albums, David started to contribute to the writing um, and sort of made his own personality and presence felt in the band. And and kind of that evolved into, you know, very much um, Greg and him being the writing mainstays um, for certainly a, a, lar a large run of albums until... Um, well, they continue to be, but obviously then um, Nick DiRigilio and other more recent, uh, Ricard and, and other folks um, starting to contribute into that as well. Um, yeah. but, I think we but need it, to talk it, about him as, as a lyricist. Uh, yeah. he, he brought that storytelling element to Big Big Train. Um, and really, it, it, it's, it's fables in music, really, isn't it? Um, and I, I think you wrote the Prog Report review for the Diable London album, did you not, Jeff? I did, yeah. Okay, right. yeah. Um, talk about a portentous cover uh, with mm. with that wreath. Um, then, of course, Judy's death and now this. But a, as a lyricist, I mean, 
of course, this is naturally going going to stick with one at a time like this. But if you take the song Alive from Grand Tour, just think about these lyrics. I'm a traveling man each day. I walk the byways of this life till I'm dead in my grave at the end of my days. I will know what it means to be alive. Pretty fitting for today. When you read it like that, it takes, it's like a different yeah. meaning, you know, than when you listen, listen and you sing along for sure. Yeah. Any, um, well, I, I mean, I, I have a favorite moment, but I'm, I'm curious if you guys have any, you know, favorite songs, Brad, do you have, you have any favorite ones that, that's, well, uh, I mean, David, my favorite song that David sang was the permanent way where they have uh, the, the poetry of John, uh, and I'm, I apologize if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but Betjeman, as he he says those lyrics, and there's there's a moment. Did I get it right, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's a moment where uh, Betjeman is speaking, and David and his vocal quality has been so gentle, and, and there's this moment where he pulls back, and it's so respectful to the poetry of Benjamin. <laughs> it just, I mean, even talking about it now, I get chills thinking about how respectful it is. And there's a moment where I think David could have had ego and could have kind of really taken that and made it his own. But by pulling back, he made it even more his own because there was just so much that he gives over to this old poet. And uh, I love that. Uh, I think that's I mean, my favorite moment of David singing. And there are lots I mean, I could bring, I mean, Alive is great. Uh, the Wide Open Sea from uh, Far Sky's Big Deep Time is fantastic. I mean, there, there's so many different things that he sang that he did so beautifully. But I, I love that interaction with the old poet and that recognition of this is the master and I'm going to let him speak. I'm going to have my say, but I'm going to let him speak and have the stage. Yeah. Nick, what about you? Yeah, well, I know that you're going to mention East Coast Racer. Right, yeah. So, so I'll stay away from it. Um, I love Atlantic Cable from Common mm. Ground. Uh, I think it's a typical example of his amazing storytelling. Um, there was a special moment with David Christina Booth from Magenta and Pete Jones on yeah. on Spectral Mornings, um, but I, I think probably because it's still fresh in my mind and and um, uh, it, it just seems to be so relevant at the moment. I, I think I'm going to go with Alive from Grand Tour. It's just, I can't get it out of my head. I can't get that chorus out of my head every day since he died. Jeff, what about you? Um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go slightly different from the guys. I think I, I was going to mention Wide Open Sea. Um, Certainly, uh, as as a as a sort of standout moment for me early on, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say make some noise just because it's such an up track. Um, there's so much going on in it. It's got the flute. Um, I play it in the car. My kids know it, you know. And I think I, I think I think that's the other that's the other side. Um, I think David had this ability. We, we talked about the sort of the um, the, the side that Nick talked about there about the storytelling side um, and that actually he did in a way that was very complimentary to Greg um, which is which is kind of interesting but he also kind of seems to have, have had the his fair share of the kind of the the up 
offbeat songs so all the alives the um you know folklore uh make some noise wassail um all all, all of those and the other one i want to give a special shout out to uh, and again I, it's appropriate based on what it's about is telling the bees and uh i that that's a song that i that i always really um enjoyed and a, a very poignant one at this time so i'd say for the for the two sides of the coin telling the bees and uh, make some noise yeah i have a few i mean obviously i've always talked about east coast racer as being my favorite uh big big train song and it's it's up there as top five ten songs ever and you know for me i just you know the the ending the the she flies part um i, I can't i just honestly don't think music gets better than that moment um and uh, but there's a few others that really stand out to me. Brave Captain, uh, another stellar track, uh, and and there's a live uh, version of Swan Hunter, um, mm. on uh, I believe it's Merchants of Light, which is just I mean a masterclass yeah. in vocals. It's it's insane. It's so great. Uh, I I would I would recommend just that Merchants of Light live uh, album is as good as as good a recording as you'll you'll hear from any band i think it's incredible stuff and the and a great collection of their their best songs um i i i'd wonder what happens now you know i i think it's a weird position musicians fall into when you lose a band member and such a critical one like this that by every estimation you'd say you'd throw your hands up in the air and say, all right, well, that's, that's the end, right? This is it. But there are also creative musicians that have built something and they have a livelihood and they have fans that maybe want to hear something. And, you know, maybe when the dust settles, whenever that is, do you try to figure out a way to, you know, they have a bunch of people that can sing in the band now. Maybe that's how they do it. I, I don't know what you do. I don't know what the right way is or not. I guess they have to just sort of feel comfortable with whatever whatever they end up doing. But, I mean, could, would you accept uh, the band going on in some form? Is that uh, just as a fan? Of Absolutely. course. If, if Nick DeVigilio and Greg Sporton and Ricard Schoblum chose somebody to replace David, it would undoubtedly be done with respect and homage and um, the appropriate loyalty and dedication to the band's signature sound. So I trust them. You know, deaths happen in bands, vocalists get replaced. And, and there's, there's, uh, this uh, is not the time to talk about it. it. It might well happen. No, no, I just know that it's something that's sort of floating out there, you know. Sure. It is I'm always alluded. There's the, there's a great bunch of singers already there as well, uh, in, in, in including the the established and indeed the more the more recent members. Um, so, but I, I guess that's 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 for that's for them to figure out. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure they're in shock right now, and they're just trying to. I'm sure Greg is just beside himself trying to to comprehend all of this at the moment, but. I think if they needed to, if they wanted to keep the the tour going, everything that they've got blocked out right now, and they had Nick go ahead and take the the front 
seat. I mean, Nick's got a great background with Spock's beard and his own his own record that he put out last year was just fantastic. And the guy has great vocals. I'm not sure he has the range that David does, but certainly for a tour, I think that Nick could do it very well. And I think it would be excellent. The, the weird thing, of course, would it would Americanize the band in some way that I'm not sure that Big Big Train should be Americanized. That's uh, interesting. Like yeah, that's that an interesting. It's essentially English. Thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah it's so Brit. It's so drugs, English. Right? It is so English. <laughs> it's, you know, may, maybe, maybe if you throw in Tolkien or, you know, maybe it gets more English, but, but otherwise, I mean, it's just as English as it gets. And uh, so that I think that would be the downside to having Nick do it. But I, I hope they keep going. I mean, Big Big Train has been around for a long time. They've been around since the early 90s. They've had a number of lead singers. I think all of them have been great. Uh, Jeff, I, you mentioned The Deference Machine. I mean, that's a great album. And obviously, David's not on that one. And that's not to knock David at all. It's just, it's a great album in and of itself. And I hope that Greg keeps going. I, I, I think there is a momentum there. And I hope the band has a life that goes beyond just its individual members. Uh, you know, as tragic as this has been. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all agree with that. And, you know, I, I, so again, we just want to send our prayers and condolences to the, to the families and the, and the band members and everybody. And, uh, you know, hope that, uh, if you were listening to this, that, um, helped sort of deal with the grieving of this news. Uh, you know, it always helps us to get, get together and talk about it a little bit. And any final words? I, I was going to say one one thing that um uh that that I wanted to point people to um number number two things really um the second brightest star album an album that I kind of missed along the way um, I don't know I had it I bought it whatever way it landed with me but I actually managed to track down a copy of it on vinyl and um, which actually arrived on Friday and so I I, I got to listen listen to it in that way and was and was blown away and went how on earth did i miss this um i've still got folklore to get uh and, and that's me complete so um yeah uh, in terms of vinyl that is but um but the other thing i discovered at the weekend which i hadn't again i'd missed um david sings on a track by theo travis um theo travis sort of a wind instrument player from many many prog bands um but David sings on a version of a track called Brilliant Brilliant Trees, which is a David Sylvian um, song. I'm quite a fan of David Sylvian as well. Mm -hmm. And um, if you if you search that one out on streaming or um, I'm sure it's on YouTube or everything as well, it's a phenomenal performance. Uh, I mean, it's incredibly moving in the circumstances, um, but it, it's a it's a real hidden gem. I was blown away by it. Um, and I, I just point people to, people to that as something um, something new that he was that he was involved in. Good to know. Good to check out. Um, all right, guys. Well, always uh, good to have you guys on. Uh, hopefully, next time under better circumstances, Brad. We we definitely need to get you on some more. And oh, anytime. And, uh, happy and to thanks have you guys. Involved. It was really good meeting you. And yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, all right. So. Um, a couple of notes, uh, you know, just to mention it, um, we do have uh, our, our Prog Report Awards going on right now on the website. Um, Big Big Train are nominated for a, a, a ton of things. So if you want to go ahead over there and just give a vote to 
your favorite stuff, album, song, video, stuff like that. That's on progreport.com now. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have those awards and our best of the year podcast, uh, in a few weeks and, um, you know, onward and upward. Uh, again, guys, listen to some big, big train, uh, this week. And, uh, thank you, David, for all the great music. Yep. Thank you, thank you David. Bye. It's wonderfully put. <laughs>